The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Shady Rays. SGPN is teaming up with Shady Rays for Shady May. Get 50% off of your Shady Rays using promo code SGPN and then go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash shady for your chance to win $500. Ross, we're brought to you by Edge Boost. Edge Boost enables you to double your bet with no interest. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge to get started today. Welcome, everyone, to the NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Saturday, May the 20th, currently 1239 on the East Coast. Here to recap what we saw in Game 2 between the Celtics and the Miami Heat, and of course dig into Game 3 between the Lakers and the Denver Nuggets as the series shifts back to L.A., but helping me to break it all down here on today's episode, you guys know him as the voice of the NFL Gambling Podcast, the Tennis Gambling Podcast, the WNBA Gambling Podcast, and of course here on the NBA Gambling Podcast, it's Scott Studio Rochelle. Scott, what's going on, my man? And nothing much. Doing pretty well. Got a haircut, so can't complain. Yeah, fresh cut. If you're yeah, uh, but game <laughs> two of that Lakers series, the last show I was on was okay. Ended up winning my lock with the under for PRA with D'Angelo Russell. Wasn't easy, but he ended up going under, and I lost with LeBron, 30-plus points. He just fell apart down the stretch and couldn't hit a jump shot. So ended up splitting there. Uh, I know it wasn't on yesterday's show. We're about to talk about the game yesterday. Felt felt a little bit like deja vu, but once again, I'll save that for a little while. So happy to be back. Looking forward to the game today. Yeah, uh, Thursday pause was was pretty good for us. I think as as uh, between you and I, I had to give out two logs both hit, and then I took the Lakers money line. That one fell just a tad bit short, but hopefully we can find some more winners on uh, this uh, Saturday between the Lakers and the Denver Nuggets. But also joining us to help us break it down, it's playoff Lante. Lante, what's going on, my man? How you doing, bro? I mean, I'm doing good. Good to have you back. Uh, congrats on your uh, new addition. I don't know if I've told you that, but I'll tell you again Appreciate if it. I have. Yeah, man, looking forward to breaking the card down and uh, getting some winners. Yeah, so last night, guys, uh, we saw the Miami Heat take a 2-0 lead against the Boston Celtics. 111-105, if I'm not mistaken, uh, was the final score. Um Got out of it nowhere to start. Uh, Lante, lead us off, man. What, what, what kind of what, did, what were your takeaways from game two? I, I had a very difficult time handicapping this game yesterday. And then, as crazy as it sounds, um, I did take Celtics in the first quarter. That didn't get there. Took Celtics team total over, full game. That didn't get there. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Grant Williams probably got taken behind TD Garden and got beat the hell out of him <laughs> for poking the bear uh, when Jimmy Butler. But uh, thoughts on yesterday's game? Uh, yeah, man. I thought that. I mean, it played out the complete opposite of what I thought, to be honest. I was more like you. It was on the Celtics to bounce back offensively. Um, they looked dejected like at the, towards the end of the game. I don't know if that had to do with Miami's just constant being able to answer every time they were you know, going on a run. They were up 10 multiple times in the game, and then Miami just kept fighting. Even, even when Jimmy was off the floor, I felt like that gave them a lot more – um, confidence down the stretch. But, yeah, man, I mean, honestly, we're probably going to do a whole episode on, on just that game. Um, my major takeaway was that people are blaming Missoula too much, in my opinion. I thought that he didn't do a horrific job. I mean, outside of not, you know, sending people at Jimmy, I didn't think a lot of his stuff was was on him. I thought the players didn't play well. Jalen Brown has been horrible the entire uh, series. 
Um, Tatum continued to struggle in the fourth. I mean, and you have the role players of Miami playing outplaying your starters. So, I mean, I didn't think Mazzulli did a bad job. I think he's just the, like the pinata for everybody to, to beat on, but I think it's more so on the players. So I'll just I'll give Mazzulli a little bit of uh, – well, I'll take away some of the blame from him and put it more so on the players. But other than that, man, hats out to Miami. Incredible, incredible performance. Jason Tatum again, scoreless in the fourth quarter uh, for the Boston Celtics. And well, he, in the he moment, scored free throws. He was zero, he had made zero field goals. Yeah, field goals. There yeah. we go. So, I mean, in in the time where your stars are supposed to shine in that fourth quarter closeout games, he wasn't able to do it again. But uh, Scott, thoughts from the game last night between Celtics and the Heat? Uh, I feel like Delonte touched upon it when he said Boston was up several times by double digits at home and a must-win game, and they blew several double-digit leads at home, and that's something that can't happen. They once again got killed in the fourth quarter, got outscored a 36-22. Boston, I said in the game one breakdown that I mentioned it with you, sometimes players take the character traits from their best player, and it seems yeah. like Tatum and Jalen Brown are not exactly comfortable in high-pressure situations late in games, which is why Boston looks so indecisive late in games, and it's why they don't exactly score many points in these final couple minutes. Now, Tatum, I know, got fouled on that three-pointer. Debatable. I thought he stuck his leg out, but still. He got, a, he got to the foul line a couple of times, but the turnovers are brutal. He had five turnovers. He had that careless one to Grant Williams in the corner. Williams tried to one-hand grab like Odell Beckham Jr., but still, it wasn't exactly a great pass. But it just felt like Boston, once again down the stretch, had a bunch of guys who didn't really know what to do. They were kind of waiting for Tatum and Brown to bail out the offense, and it just didn't work because one of the possessions they actually scored on, that debatable foul on Bam at bio, was basically a fumble drill around half court. I thought Tatum kicked the ball. I thought it was an offensive kicking violation. They didn't call it. And then Tatum got fouled anyway, and he got some free throws out of it. But Boston's offense down the stretch, they have no clue what they're doing. And Miami, yeah. I've said it before, they have roles for everybody. They know who's going to have the ball. They know exactly what they're going to run. And they're organized. And Boston is just not an organized team down the stretch of games. And I am going to point this out. Miami played a total of nine guys yesterday. Mm-hmm. Love, Lowry, and Zeller. Combined to play 42 minutes, they scored a total of two points. <laughs> a total of two points, and Miami still won. Yeah, that can't happen. No, you can't lose to a team basically of six guys. That can't yeah. happen. Boston had a lot more contributions from other guys, except for the fact that Al Horford is still playing 29 minutes. He can't shoot. I've said this for several weeks at this point. He's still playing a bunch of minutes. He still can't shoot. Jalen Brown was really just brutal yesterday. No way around it. I know Tatum wasn't good down the stretch, but at least he scored 34 and he had, you know, he almost had a triple double. He showed up. Brown was seven of 23, one of seven from three. He had the traveling violation in the fourth quarter, which was kind of a really brutal turnover. But I got to give a shout out to the unsung hero for Miami. Got to give a shout out to uh, to uh, Caleb Martin, who I thought was really good. Yeah. Uh, he ended up having a really just a monster game for 25 points. And the other takeaway that I had was Bam. It was really, really good. I know Butler yeah. was great, but Butler, we already know. We're going to talk about him. Bam at 22 points, 17 rebounds, and 9 assists. He was great defensively as well. He had the big offensive rebound there in the final minute for the putback. He was great, and defensively, Boston had a hard time dealing with him because Miami switching every pick and roll, and when you get Tatum matched up on Embiid, 
that can work for you because Embiid's a bit slower. But Adebayo is a great defensive player. He can guard one through five, and he really helps clog up a lot of the holes that Miami would have defensively. Mm-hmm. Besides that, the other takeaway that I had was Spolstra using the zone effectively. It kind of was used to take Boston out of rhythm. Boston had moments where they solved the zone. A couple of high pick and rolls with Robert Williams and Jason Tatum worked, and then they proceeded to not do it again, and the zone came back like five minutes later, and then it stumped them again. So Spolster kept giving them different looks, different lineups, and he just seemed like to always catch Missoula off guard. And once again, the coaching mismatch is on full display. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like a broken uh, record, but we keep on saying that the coaching mismatch in this series is it's astronomical and like you just pointed out the different looks that coach spoke keeps throwing out there to kind of confuse the Boston Celtics and coach Missoula kind of daring them to make his adjustments where he still hasn't been able to do that and it's resulted now the Celtics being a 2-0 deficit but you touched on Bam there and I thought that was the one guy that I thought that really had to step up in this series to provide support to Jimmy Butler like didn't have a choice especially with the, being without Tyler Hero who could be close to returning. I haven't seen any reports yet, but I think it's been about, what, a month now since he's uh, been out with that injury with the right hand. They said it was a 46-week diagnosis. So if they're able to advance to the NBA Finals, who knows? They may be able to get Tyler Hero back, but that's still a ways away for the Miami Heat. But, yeah, it's and again, it's kind of comparable to the Lakers that we've seen a different guy step up for this Miami Heat team on, on a single night, right? We've seen Duncan Robinson hit some clutch shots last night. It was Caleb Martin who chipped in with 25 points. Bam has been very consistent over the past couple games going back to the series against the New York Knicks as well. So um, they're in good shape right now. Now you have to dare the Boston Celtics to beat you four out of five times, which is three out of those four games are going to be on your home floor in Miami. So um, give a lot of credit to the Miami Heat and Coach Spo. Um, if there was a finals MVP, I think Coach Spo should be like a minus 10,000 favorite right now. But um yeah, so the series is going to shift back to Miami. Game three on Sunday. Boston with their backs against the wall. Um, and we'll see if the Boston can respond. Last question I have to both of you guys. Um, is it just me or does Jalen Brown just look checked out? Yeah. I mentioned I, – oh, sorry, I'll let you go first. No, no, you I, I did mention Jalen Brown being terrible uh, in the game yesterday. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't think he. I don't think he's locked in on either side. I know maybe the injury has something to do with it. I know he, um, Bam fell on his wrist or his like hyperextended his elbow, but landed on his wrist. So I mean, I'm not sure if that's causing him because he didn't shoot well. Started off one of seven, if I'm not mistaken, and all the shots didn't look good at all. Like they were just hard bricks. Uh, I think he shot yeah. a few air balls in there also. Um, yeah, I mean he. He's actually probably not getting enough blame, to be honest with you. I mean, people are blaming Tatum, but Tatum was able to keep it in him. I mean, I know he struggled down the stretch, but like they got nothing from Jalen, like nothing on either yeah. side. He was he was horrible defensively, which was the cause of um, Grant being able to get in and be on Jimmy. So, I mean, I put a, I put a lot of the blame on, on Jalen as well. He's not li- he's not living up to his end of the bargain. I mean, Tatum's carrying him through the first three quarters. Um, now, granted, he has to play better in the fourth, but yeah, I think Jalen is is a lot of the blame for for what they do. Scott, any thoughts? Yeah, I think that you're right. Once again, Tatum has not made a single shot from the floor uh, in the entire fourth quarter so far in the series, which is a problem because he's the face of the team. And after scoring 50 and change in game seven, you were, hope, you were hoping somebody would carry over into this game or even just get the game six shooting against Philly. It hasn't. 
But once again, Tatum still showed up for three quarters. Brown, whether he's thinking of where he's going to play next year, he wants that contract, maybe the hand's bothering him. It does seem like he's just a little bit off in the series, whether it involves intensity or just, I'd say, commitment to the little things. Boston really doesn't do the little things well at all. They don't really do a good job of rebounding. Miami, under no circumstance, should be able to out-rebound them by 10 when you have that much size on your team. And when you're giving Duncan Robinson minutes and you're giving Lowry minutes, and you know Miami's just throwing everybody out there for the bench, yeah. a decent amount of those guys don't actually rebound. But yeah. Bam was that dominant on the boards. Butler did a good job. I don't, I don't consider like Struess or Martin great rebounders. They're okay. But the point is Boston just doesn't seem to be hustling as much as Miami, which is a team issue. Now, Brown's a, a piece of that, but I do think that when you're looking at the overall roster, it goes back to kind of my point. Some teams inherit the characteristics of their star players, and if Jalen Brown maybe takes a playoff defensively, maybe the other teammates think they don't have to try as hard. But at the end of the day, I think you're right. Jalen Brown, I think, is the main guy to blame on the court for what's going on with Boston. I still think Horford's playing way too many minutes, though. I feel like not enough people are talking about it. I understand defense is important, but in reality, when Horford's your stretch four, stretch five, and he cannot shoot, Miami's going to clog the lane, and that's what they've been doing the entire series. So those are the main two guys that I'll blame for now. I know the Tatum fourth quarter numbers are rough, but once again, he's been keeping them in the game or giving them leads for the first three quarters. So I'll give him a little bit of a pass. But Horford and Brown, mostly Brown, because he's one of the main guys in the hierarchy on the roster, they got to play better. Yeah. All right. Um, All right, guys, before we get into game three here for tonight between the Lakers and the Denver Nuggets, let me tell everyone about uh, the newest sponsor on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. That is Edge Boost. SGPN is excited to announce an exclusively early access partnership with Edge Boost, the world's first pay now Bet now, pay later Visa card. Similar to buy now, pay later programs like Affirm and Afterpay, EdgeBoost enables you to double your bet with no interest in payback the advance over four equal weekly installments. That's right, 0% interest. Simply deposit funds into your account and EdgeBoost will match the deposit so you can use two times the funds on any legal sports betting site. Edge currently offers up to $2,500 in advances as you build a repayment history. So go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge to sign up today. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge. Must be 20 years or older to use only valid in legal gambling states. Problem gambling? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, gentlemen. Uh, game three tonight, uh, Saturday night between the Denver Nuggets and the Los Angeles Lakers. Currently seeing the Lakers are favored by five and a half points with the total sitting at 222 and a half. Denver obviously does have the 2-0 lead with the backs against the wall for the LA Lakers. I should mention this, that Scott Foster is the crew chief tonight in this game. I'm not sure if that will sway many opinions, but it surely did sway mine or just gave me more confidence on my bet. But uh, Delonte, why don't you lead us off, man? Let's start with the side here. Lakers minus five and a half in their building, uh, looking to get on the board uh, in this Western Conference Finals. Yeah, I think um, desperation is causing this line to be a little bit, uh, higher than what it was. I think it opened four. I think DraftKings opened it four mm-hmm. um, yep. right after the right after game two. Uh, so and it got better, obviously for you know apparent reasons. Down two zero, uh, season on the line at home. Lakers are undefeated at home. Um, they're probably going to get more calls than you you called it with the Scott Foster, the extender coming in. So yeah, I mean I would lean to the Lakers side. I probably won't play it. I would much rather play the Lakers team total over, thinking they get more calls. 
and they'll get to the line a lot more. We saw them being a little bit more physical uh, in the second game of the Denver um, um, when they were in Denver. So I think they'll be able to do some things offensively with the role players playing a little bit better. Um, I mean, Rui was was great, but I don't know if people understand. Like he played this well in the first two or three games against Memphis, and then he went like Casper the rest of the series and on, which he was pretty much unplayable. So I'm interested to see how he bounces back. Obviously, the role players will play better at home. Uh, Interested to see how Bruce Brown and if they can get some more production from the Nuggets bench. But, yeah, I think all signs point to the Lakers here at home. Uh, I'd lean that way. I probably won't be playing it. I'll probably just play some props and, uh, and a team total. But I am leaning to the Lakers way. Scott, side. Yeah, I'm on the same page. Uh, I do think at the end of the day, even though Denver has looked solid, it was still home court. So they did what they had to do. Mm. The Lakers are still undefeated at home, so I'm not going to yeah. suddenly say the Lakers are totally screwed and they're going to get swept or anything. I'm not going to overreact to it. Uh, but I do think that, of course, Denver did what they needed to do, but the Lakers did hang around, and they've been very, very good at the Crypto Center in the playoffs. So I'm going to go with the Lakers. I do think having Scott Foster helps because we know he's making sure his entire family's watching the game so they can see him. So they're going to get a lot of foul calls. You're going to see a lot of free throws for the Lakers, which will annoy a lot of fans. But I do think with uh, Scott Foster being known as the extender, and the Lakers have had a good record with Foster, I believe, in the last – yeah, so I don't have the exact numbers in front of me. But I know the Lakers have done well with Scott Foster as the ref. I'm going to go with the Lakers here. I think it might be close for a bit, but I do think the role players step up. I think that Denver's role players take a bit of a step backwards, as most role players do on the road, and I'll lean to the Lakers here. My favorite play is first half. It's a well-known trend. It's been around for a long time. Teams down 0-2 playing at home in Game 3. You bet them in the first half, they usually cover. So I'm going to go with the Lakers' first half. They need to bring it. I do want to keep an eye on LeBron's ankle, which Mm -hmm. he might have tweaked again late in Game 2 but then he was running at full speed right after it. So I can't tell how much of it was acting or not, but yeah. I'll keep an eye on the injury for LeBron, but I'm hoping AD is more aggressive offensively. I'm hoping he plays better. I'm also just hoping they stop play. They stop playing D'Angelo Russell. I was mm-hmm. on the PRA. He somehow played more minutes in game two than game one. He's a team low, like negative 42 in the first two games of the series. He can't play. He yeah, can't guard not- anybody. Bruce Brown's torching him every time. Uh, I, I just think that he's going to play less. He'll probably see more, Reeves, Schroeder, and uh, Lonnie Walker, and that's going to be your main uh, guards. Maybe Vanderbilt in there for defense, but I doubt it because he can't shoot. So I'm hoping they tell D'Lo, listen, I know that you're a talented scorer, but you're not even shooting that well, and you can't guard anybody, so enjoy a nice seat on the bench. And maybe that's the adjustment they need. We'll see, but I'll lean to the Lakers with Scott Foster at home down 2-0. It seems like a good spot to me. I mean, let me ask you. So, with uh, the thing with D-Lo, now, listen, I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not a D-Lo, uh, I'm not a fan of the D-Lo uh, president. I'm not a president of the D-Lo fan club, but I think they're using him wrong as far as he's not being like he's not this point guard. He's just a combo guard. So, I think if they use him as the two guard and put Austin at the one, he'll be a lot more effective. Because if you don't play him, I mean, who who are you going to play? Like Schroeder's been terrible. He's getting hunted just like. Just like D'Lo is, and so is I, I think, Yeah, I, so, I understand I mean, your point of them potentially not using Russell correctly offensively. They had a couple of sets there in the first quarter and in the early third quarter where they got Reeves a wide open layup. They had a couple of good looks with D'Lo being the main ball handler and pick and roll, and they just didn't use it again. And I thought right. it was actually pretty effective in small right. doses. Right. Now, I know what you mean by Schroeder not being great in the series. I get it. But 
we know D'Angelo Russell's reputation his entire career. He's never been a good defensive player. Oh, yeah. Listen, I'm not can, taking it for him. I'm not taking I was going to say, Schroeder can at least be a pest at times, whether it involves flopping or whether it involves just trying to deny on ball from... We saw him play Steph Curry relatively well before he got ejected in Game 6. But I think Schroeder or Lonnie Walker or Reeves can at least give you something more defensively than D'Angelo. And D'Angelo offensively, when he doesn't get the ball... I don't want to say that he pouts, but he really doesn't do anything unless he has the ball in his hands. He doesn't come off screens. He doesn't do anything off ball. So I don't think he really gives you much. And when you're talking about, you know, D'Angelo potentially handling the ball more, maybe using Reeves at the one, they're still going to have the ball in LeBron's hands a lot. So I guess what I'm saying is, does D'Angelo really give you anything off ball? Not really. I mean, if 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 you put yeah, him on the empty, if you put him on the empty side with LeBron and AD on the pick and roll, got I mean he can still shoot. So yeah, but you're I mean, turning you gotta, you gotta, to what a spot up three point role player. I, I mean, I think if that if you want to play him, I mean, you got to be able to use utilize him some way. I just don't think he's fit to run the point guard role when I think Austin Reeves is the better distributor of the two as far as from what they want to do from what the Lakers want to do. He's better in pick and rolls with LeBron. He's better in pick and rolls with AD. Now D'Lo is good in the pick and roll. But he gets bored with it. Like it's it's like it's working so good, he goes away from it. So I mean, I think he just has to use them in, in different ways. But honestly, I don't trust uh, I don't trust Lonnie Walker to be able to defend either. Because I mean, he's he was getting blown by. He was get he was getting torched on, on defense also. So uh, just something that was throwing out there. I thought. Uh, going back to your Scott Foster stats, I was able to put it up here, Scott. Um, so I think this does include the playoffs, um, but nonetheless. Uh, home teams against the spread 44 and 26, 50 and 20 straight up. Uh, the over under 43 and 27 to the over. And home favorites between five and nine and a half points are 15 and eight, um, covering the spread. So, um, again, a lot of stats there pointing towards the LA Lakers here tonight. Uh, I'm on the Lakers here as well. I think I'm going to be on their trifecta first quarter, first half, and full game. Um, again, you, you know, Scott, you mentioned it teams that are down two games to nothing. First half trend has been a very profitable angle, um, over the past several, several seasons. Uh, really do like that angle. Also, you mentioned that the Lakers are all are undefeated at home six and oh, thus far this postseason. I think they've won five out of six games by six or more points, if I'm not mistaken, have the LA Lakers. So and the Denver Nuggets have lost three out of the five uh, road games in the playoffs thus far as well. So it just seems like a smash spot for the L.A. Lakers. Saturday night at the Crypto Arena, Stars should be out. I think LeBron has a huge game. We'll get into player props here in a second. But uh, I do like the Lakers here tonight to uh, get their first victory here in the Eastern, sorry, in the Western Conference Finals. Uh, before we get into some total talk here, let me tell everyone about uh, Shady Rays. Shady Rays is teaming up with SGPN for Shady May. Not only do you get uh, an amazing 50% off, but you also have a chance to win $500. Shady Rays have you covered from the sun to the slopes with premium polarized shades, customizable snow goggles, and much more. Shady Rays have durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. And that's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. 
Warrior Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after your purchase. And if you don't love them, exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop with Shady Rays. Your team always has your back. And for our international listeners, Shady Rays have you covered as well. With shipping to Canada, Australia, New Zealand, and the United Kingdom, go to ShadyRays.com and use promo code SGPN for 50% off of two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Then take your receipt to SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash Shady for your chance to win $500 for the Shady May Contest. All right, guys, let's get over to some total talks here if we do like anything. Uh, Delonte, I know you mentioned you did like the Lakers team total over. Uh, anything as far as totals that you do like uh, other than that one? Yeah, I'm leaning. So I'm kind of torn because I'm leaning towards the under, thinking that the Lakers adjustment, one of their bigger adjustments, will be trying to keep Denver out of transition because that's what killed them in Denver. Now, obviously, they won't be playing at altitude, so they'll have more energy. But I think stopping the fast break and being able to contain some of that transition is the key to the Lakers being able to have success at home. So I'm lean, I'm going to go with the under. Um, but I'm going to take the team total of the Lakers over just thinking that they get to the line 30 to 35 times, maybe more because it's going to be a physical game and they're probably going to get more calls being a home team. So I know that's kind of counterproductive, but I'm going to go with the total under and the Lakers team total over. Uh, Scott. I think I'm going to, it's really tough because with Scott Foster, you want to blindly take the over, but the yeah. Lakers kind of need to play ugly in order to win games. <clears throat> I don't think an outscore Denver. If Denver scores 115, I think Denver's going to win the game. So I think I'm going to actually lean to the under. I don't feel great about it, but the Lakers really need to make this game ugly. And maybe with the foul trouble, you'll see more minutes for like Christian Braun or Jeff Green. And that's a good sign for the under because both guys haven't really done anything in this entire series. I'm going to lean to the under. I don't feel great about it, to be fully honest with you. But yeah, I do think at the end of the day, the Lakers are going to get to the line more. But they still haven't been great shooting. Mm-hmm. The three ball all all season long, basically. They've improved slightly, but still, they're not a great three-point shooting team. So I do think that this game could be ugly, might be decided in the paint, might be decided by free throws. But it means the pace in this game might be shot. So I'm going to go with the under. Yeah. The Lakers' pace for game two, I thought, was where it needed to be. It was a mm-hmm. low-scoring game, could have yeah. gone either way. Jamal Murray went nuclear in the fourth quarter. I think the pace is going to kind of mimic what we saw in game two. It can't be what it was in game one, because Jokic went for an insane stat line. And I know he went for a triple double anyway in game two, but at least he was less efficient in game Mm -hmm. two. I'm assuming the Lakers try to mimic the pace from game two. And they're just hoping that their guys are going to make more shots. I'll lean to the under. Yeah, I can't argue against that. I I do like the Lakers team total over a play as well. Um, You know, we've talked about it throughout the postseason that pro players elevate their game when they're on their home court. Uh, But some of these guys like Austin Reeves, uh, have been very consistent for the LA Lakers. So um, I do think that they can score 115 points here tonight. Could be a, a game of what, 115, 107. I think that's what kind of the books are projecting, 108. Um, but yeah, Lakers team total for me as well. Full game, not much of an opinion there. I, I, again, we can see it go either way. We can see a shootout like we saw in game one, where there's a, what, 100, 200, what, 50 plus points that were scored, yeah. I believe. Mm-hmm. And then game two, which Scott alluded to, that that's where the pace really needs to be. And that's the type of game the Lakers have to win um, if they're going to have a chance um, to, to you know get on the board here tonight and then possibly even up the series on Monday. So we shall see. Uh, all right, guys, let's get into some player props here. Uh, Scott, why don't you lead us off? Any player props that you do like in this game? 
Yeah, I'm going back to the well. Give me D-Lo under for PRA. It's at 17 and a half. Played 33 minutes last game, had 18. I still can't believe he played 33 minutes. But if you break down his production, he actually had 11 PRA in the first quarter. So he did nothing besides the first quarter, basically. And he played the entire first quarter. He played all 12 minutes. I'm expecting him to play significantly less. I think he needs to. Uh, I do agree with Delonte that Ham's not exactly using Russell well enough. But it's a lot easier to make adjustments if you just don't play the guy they don't know how to use. <laughs> so maybe they just don't use Russell as much. But I just don't think he can play. Simply put, uh, I mean, Bruce Brown calls him out after game one, saying, once again, we're going to torch you defensively because you can't guard anybody. And then what do you know? He's a negative 16 in game two. So nothing really changed. It, he's the biggest plus minus. He's the biggest minus on the team by a wide margin in two games. And I know plus minus, once again, is kind of a shaky stat to fully use. But. In this case, when it's the worst plus minus by far, mm-hmm. you got to stop using them. So give me yeah. D'Angelo Russell under for PRA. I was looking for an alt line. I couldn't find one, but I think he might only play like 15 minutes in this game. It would not shock me if he basically gets, I don't want to say benched, but it might feel like he gets benched because he's not going to play nearly as many minutes as the first two games. Besides that, do I dare think Anthony Davis actually bounces back? Well, I'm hoping at home he does. Yeah. I mean, last Kinda. game really was like four of what, 15, four of 11, something like that. So I was thinking more about, rebounds <laughs> and blocks, but yeah. He has that good game and he has that bad game. So this might be the game tonight where he goes for like 30 and like 17. So yeah. Do we blindly take Rui over? I think you have to, man. I think that, I think, again, we talked about the role players. I think those are the guys that just kind of step up, whether it's, whether it's Rui, whether it's um, Austin Reeves. I mean, Reeves has been more consistent uh, as well on the road as well, but. Um, I just feel like tonight's going to be the night where you see LeBron have a great game. He's going to maybe be some more aggressive and I keep hopefully not shoot. Yeah, we keep waiting for it, right? So I, I think this might be a big Davis game. I think the two stars will probably shine. Wouldn't be surprised they do score 70 plus points here tonight. Um, I do have a couple of player props as well, but uh, Delonte, what do you got for player props? Yeah, so I'm going with a couple of uh, unders. I'm going with Aaron Gordon under. 21 and a half points, rebounds, and assists. I think he's kind of confused as to what his role is going to be and where he's supposed to be on the floor. If you look at them offensively, sometimes they have him in a dunker spot when he's really supposed to be stretched out to get AD out of the paint because that's what they're doing. They're obviously putting Rui on uh, Joker and letting AD roam. So he's got to hit those shots. Now, can he hit them at, at home? Maybe, but on the road, I think he'll struggle a little bit more. His home road splits have been pretty much staggering. I think he's played a lot better at home. Now, he could come out and, you know, they could refine his role and he plays better, but I'll take my chances and go under 21 and a half with, uh, with him. Um, I'm going to go with another point three bounds and this but I'm going to go with an under. I'm going to go with Austin, I mean, with an over. Austin Reeves over 24 and a half. We talked about his ball handling and him being able to orchestrate the pick and roll a lot. So I think the ball will be in his hands um, when LeBron's off the floor and they'll, if they don't play D-Lo, then maybe he's more of a, a spot-up shooter off the pick and roll. So, Austin Reed's rebounding the ball well. He shot the ball well. So, I think 24-and-a-half is, is a bargain here. So, I like that over. And um, I like Jared Vanderbilt under 7-and-a-half points, rebounds, and assists. Uh, yeah, I agree about the Austin Reeves. That was one of my player props. But I took his three-pointers here uh, over 2-and-a-half at uh, plus 135. They raised uh, him. Yeah, uh, he's had uh, three or more in five straight games uh, in the postseason thus far. He's shooting it 57.1% over the last five games. And the two games against the Denver Nuggets in the Western Conference Finals here, he's hit five each in those first two games. 
exactly five of nine um, in, in that span. So I think that continues here tonight. Four of his last five games, he scored 20-plus points for the Lakers as well. Um, I see that a couple guys, Kyle, are asking about Rui Achimura here tonight. It seems like he's going to he's going to be playing more minutes. And again, like we talked about, if D'Lo what is he going to— he was, he was like eight for eight to start last game. Yeah, yeah last two games. So he's played an uh, uh, average of 29 minutes over the first two games, uh, eight of 11 in game one, tw- uh, sorry, 17 points, and then eight of 10 in game two. Um, 21 points. So definitely seeing more minutes in this first two games for the Lakers where kind of go back to that Golden State Warriors series, you know, at least the last three games I'm looking at 16 minutes, 21 minutes and 14, but in the first two games, 28 and 30 minutes for Rui Achimura. I currently see that number at 13 and a half at plus 105. Uh, you guys have any thoughts on that, Scott? I like Rui Overs. I said before that he's one of the main guys you can trust uh, with the supporting cast, and it seems like he's the tw- he's the type of tweener that really gives Denver problems mm-hmm. because Gordon's focused so heavily on LeBron and focused on Davis, and Rui can shoot the three ball. He can attack the rim. You got Scott Foster as the ref, so he maybe can uh, maybe get to the line a couple of times. I'm on Rui Overs. Until he goes under, I'll keep taking him over because it seems like he's in an, just a complete offensive groove right now. Uh, yeah, Delonte, thoughts on uh, Rui? Yeah, I like his points and rebounds over. Um, I just think that he's scoring in, in very in a variety of ways. Whereas early on in the um, in the playoffs, he was more so like jump shooting, but now he's getting to the rim. Um, he's going on putback, so I think he has a, a good shot at a double double. So if you can find a double double out there, I think that's a nice long shot to take for Rui. Um, I'm not sure if he'll get high volume of minutes because he's ex- like he's doing so much defensively with Garden Joker that I'm not sure if it might take away from his offense. So I'm not sure how much he plays um, in spurts. But, yeah, I like him over uh, points and rebounds, thinking he'll get there uh, pretty comfortably. Yeah, I was also looking at Anthony Davis's steals and blocks over, but that's at minus 160 now. I think, Is it uh, still three and a half? Yeah, it's still three and a half. I know that he was at four and a half against the Warriors. Uh, so maybe if you can find an alt line on that. I think you play probably, five plus and get uh, close to like 110, 115. Yeah, so I might have to dig around and find, uh, find that because first two games, uh, three steals, two blocks in game one, and then four blocks in one steal in game two. Um, mm-hmm. So five each in those two categories. Uh, all right, guys, you have anything else as far as player props? Anything else before we get into our lock and dog? No. No. All right, let's do it. Let's get into our lock and dog for game three between the Denver Nuggets and the L.A. Lakers. Uh, Delonte, lead us off, my man. What do you got for your picks here tonight? Yeah, okay, so for the lock, I'm going to pivot because I was going to take the first half, but I think I think Scott liked that a little bit more. So I'm going to take the first quarter, minus two and a half. I mean, Scott brought it up. Desperation spot for them at home. They usually play well, and I, they actually play well in the first quarter in Denver, both first quarters. Um, Denver, yeah. hit with it. Denver hit it with a haymaker a couple times in both games, and they withstood it. Uh, they, they were tied, were I think, in game two. Game two, they were tied, yeah. yeah okay. And uh, game one, I think they were maybe like lost by maybe two. I think they were getting three and a half, if I'm not mistaken. Denver went on a massive run to start the game, though, from what I remember. Yeah, Lakers but, but you know, the Lakers answered and they responded. So yeah. I think at home, a lot more confidence, a lot more juice in the building. Um, but those guys being comfortable, must-win situation. So I think they come out and, uh, and put it on Denver pretty tough. So I laid a two and a half with them for my lock. Um, for the dog, I'm going to go with just a, a player prop parlay. I'm going to go with Anthony Davis over 24 and a half and LeBron over 25 and a half points. That pays 
plus 250, 255, uh, depending on where you shop at. I think both of those guys, they have to have, you know, 30 point type games, especially with how LeBron ended. You could tell in this press conference, uh, this uh, post game press conference, that he was kind of annoyed with how he played and some of the questions that were being asked. So I think he comes out, I think he's a lot more aggressive, a lot less threes being taken. Uh, because, I mean, we've seen it in stretches. He's able to get to the rim with ease. And even when he's able to get there, if they shut it off, he has the ability to kick it out to the shooters. Now, Anthony Davis, I thought I thought he, he just didn't have it in game two. Like, he played hard, but he just didn't have it. And I can respect that. He played hard, he just didn't have it. So I think he'll have a lot better success at home. Um, I want to see what Ham does as far as how he gets those guys the ball in certain spots, how aggressive they are early on. But I think both of those guys had the ability to go for 30-plus. So I'll go with their points total over in a parlay that pays 250. All right. Uh, Scott, what do you got? All right. Uh, so Delonte alluded to it, so I'm actually going to take it. I'm going to take the <laughs> Lakers' first half. Uh, trying to find the best line available because I know that most books have been well aware of the trend. So they kind of inflate the first half spread. But I don't think it's really mattered so far in the playoffs. I believe the trend has still been quite profitable. So I'm going to take it anyway. Uh, give me the Lakers' first half as my lock. All the reasons that Delonte said for the first quarter, uh, but I just wanted a few extra minutes there for sample size. But I do think that the Lakers will bring it. I think they're going to dominate the free throws, uh, at least for the matchup there in free throws, with Scott Foster as the ref. I can see the Lakers going to the line 15 to 20 times in the first half, and we saw how it was in game two through three quarters. The Lakers had basically tripled the number of free throws uh, that Denver had. It wasn't really close. Yeah. So I do think you're going to see the Lakers get to the line a lot. Denver's been really good at home. On the road, they've been a bit hit or miss. So I do think Denver could just come out of it flat. But I am going to go with the Lakers in a must-win game in the first half. Uh, what's the best line that you see? Because I see a juice three and a half, but I'm curious if you can if you see a better line. I could have sworn I saw a two and a half, but let me double check. Is that for, is that for the first half, you said? Yeah. Let's see. Um, oh. You know what? Let me go to this odd screen. That usually gives me all the lines. Yeah, I'm seeing um, like four and a half, to be honest. I see a juice three and a half, so I might have to take the three and a half. Yeah, I think that's okay, the best I, one yeah, I see as well. Yeah, yeah, 125. Yeah, give or take. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll take the Lakers first half at minus uh, three and a half and minus 125 as my lock. And for my dog, I'm going to go with a very, very small baby dog. Uh, because I really don't see many dogs that I like unless you want to go for some player prop and points. But I'm going to go with Anthony Davis, three-plus blocks at plus 105. Uh, going through his games recently, he had four blocks last game. He had two blocks in game one. But I want to read off his blocks at home mm -hmm. so far this postseason. So at home, he's at four. He's at uh, two blocks. Uh, sorry, he's going through the order. He had two and zero against Golden State. So the last two home games, not great. Before that, though, he had four blocks. He had five blocks, he had four blocks, and three blocks. So he's been pretty good in terms of blocks at home. And I do think that AD, even though he wasn't great offensively in game two, he was still very effective defensively. Once again, he had four blocks. I can really expect to see AD make his presence known on the defensive end no matter what. So even if offensively he doesn't have it, defensively he will. But I'll take him over two and a half blocks at plus 105. AD in the playoffs at home has been solid defensively, and I think that they're definitely going to need that type of intensity if they're going to win this game. Give me AD over two and a half blocks at plus 105. All right. Uh, all right. For my lock, I'm going to lay it here with the Lakers full game, minus five and a half. Um, you know, we mentioned everything when we handicapped the game. Gonna, not going to regurgitate everything, but desperation spot here for the Lakers undefeated at home. 
uh, so far in this postseason. <clears throat> and we already talked about the stats and betting trends with Scott Foster. So I think that's a good spot here for the Lakers. I think LeBron and AD both will play well in this game. Lakers minus five and a half for me. And for my dog, we talked about Austin Reeves' threes. He's uh, hit at least three in five straight games. He's hit at least five in both of the first two games in this series. Um, and I'm just going to continue taking that over at two and a half at plus 135. There's been a little bit of adjustment plus, uh, but that number is still at plus money at plus 135. So I think Austin Reeves continues to play well. He's been playing significant minutes as well for the um, L.A. Lakers. Current, should be current, getting more minutes, actually. Yeah, he should be. I think personally should be out there for 40 plus minutes. Yeah, he should. Really uh, should. Yeah, so uh, first two games, he's played 36 and 42. And then over the last five games, he's averaging 37 and a half minutes per game. So um, he's going to get the shot volume um, and like he has over the first two games. He's uh, shot nine each in the first two games. So over two and a half threes made for Austin Reeves at plus 135 as my dog for this game. Game three between the Lakers and the Denver Nuggets. Um, all right, guys, that's going to do it for this edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast. Uh, Delonte, anything else you want to mention before we get out of here, my man? That's it, man. Best of luck to everybody on your bits, and, and let's break them off. Uh, Scott, anything else? Uh, nothing much. I hope I win my bets, but if the Lakers will lose, I'll be happy. So I can't really complain. <laughs> uh, but besides that, looking forward to the rest of the playoffs. I know that we were supposed to have a WNBA episode last night. But the books took until 2 a.m. to post the lines because they don't care about our feelings and our podcasts. So we will be back. Uh, we, there will be an episode for the WNBA show uh, later today. I won't be on it. It'll be Terrell and Dylan. But we, we're, we are having the show over the weekend. It was just unfortunate the odds makers didn't actually post odds for us to use until 2 a.m. So that's why we didn't have a show yesterday. All right, yeah, make sure to check out Scott and Terrell on the WNBA Gambling Podcast. Uh, make sure you subscribe on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts or wherever you do get your uh, podcasts. Uh, they also do go live here right here on the NBA Gambling Podcast YouTube uh, feed. So if you haven't already subscribed, um, smash that like button for us before you guys get out of here. Leave us a rating and review. Definitely helps us grow the show. Make sure to follow Scott on Twitter at Show Radio. Follow Delante on Twitter at XXLanteXX. Follow me on Twitter at SportsNerd824. But more importantly, make sure to follow the Twitter account for the NBA Gambling Podcast at SGPNNBA. Uh, all right, uh, Terrell and Lante will be back for the game three between the uh, Miami Heat and the Boston Celtics. So look out for that. Until uh, then, good luck with your bets here tonight. Let's break these books off and let it ride. Basketball, give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm going to.